worship in the world is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions as we strive to follow Christ within our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today. Oh 
Let us pray. God, we plant ourselves like trees here. We make our home here because we expect to hear a good word of the Lord here. We expect to draw from our life source, you, you who ground us and transcends us and give us resonance. Amen. It is good for us to be here. What do we say when we don't know what to say, especially when we're afraid? Let's stand on this summit and get curious together. We join Jesus along with Peter, James, and John, who are breathless after hiking up a steep mountainside only to be left speechless as Jesus is transfigured before them. His clothes become dazzling bright such as no one on earth could brighten them. Transfiguration is another way of translating metamorphosis or a change of form. Jesus' body changes form. Still Jesus, but somehow unveiling the invisible God, the figure of the one who had always been, the shape of a resurrected body redeemed, but still bearing the stigmata of his crucifixion, a living parable, a revelation never before seen by human eyes. This is an experience that doesn't feel fit neatly into any of our categories. As the heavens are torn open in the midst of that awestruck silence, there appears Elijah with Moses and they're chatting with Jesus. The disciples overhear this conversation taking place among this holy huddle and being in the presence of this partial viewing of the communion of saints, this great cloud of witnesses, the disciples are terrified. The Celts call this a thin place, that place where heaven and earth, that line blurs a little bit. And emerging from the quiet kept by brothers James and John, Peter, oh Peter, directly addresses Jesus. Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us set up three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. So what was Peter really trying to say? While contemplating these words quickly found on Peter's lips, it is good for us to be here. I stumbled upon a way to help us know the intention of what his heart was trying to communicate. This insight came through the tender and simple words of a book that might be mistaken incorrectly as for children. You might have read it yourself. The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse by Charlie McKessie. Anyone? Okay, hey. Glad to know I'm not alone. Sometimes I want to say I love you all, said the mole, but I find it difficult. Do you, said the boy? Yes, said the mole. So I say something like, I'm glad we are all here. That resonates to a deep place in the core of my being. The desire to plainly say, I love you, and the inability to say it so succinctly. Peter, like the mole, 
is trying to communicate, I love you all, to those gathered. By taking Pastor Don's advice from earlier this year and shifting our mindset to focus on God before ourselves, though, we can better understand why Peter takes this response at the crux of this story. Let's reapproach the scene and focus in on what the transfiguration of Jesus' body is communicating. Peter is responding to Jesus' nonverbal communication, signing to him that God is love. In American Sign Language, we sign love by crossing both arms over our chest. Jesus is an incarnate symbol more than anything else of God's love for us, not just on the pinnacle of this mountaintop. Peter exclaims, it's good that we are here due to the limits of words. And by faith we trust he is proclaiming, I love you. Signing it even with his body. Love and I love you, these are our signs, church. The signs of baptism, the signs of transfiguration, the sign of resurrection. These postures are signs that communicate even in the silence, especially in the silence, the place where words fail us. John tells us straight away in his gospel telling that Jesus is that word made flesh who is dwelling among us. An embodied word of love, pure love seen in the radiance of Christ's glory, shining brilliantly. So, Peter's heart doesn't even have time to take another beat before it is overshadowed by an even greater cloud that surrounds them all. And from the cloud there comes a voice, this is my beloved son, listen to him. These thundering words of God the Father confirm my hunch that Jesus' body transformed the very light of the world emanates divine love for the whole cosmos. The same words that were announced over him at his baptism in the Jordan at the start of his ministry and also over us who are in Christ, our lives hidden with him. We are beloved by God. And all at once they look around and it's just Jesus. The instruction for us to listen then to Jesus necessitates that we don't just listen with our ears, but all of our body. Our proper response to the living I love you or love sign is to sign it back however we can, lips, body, or our very way of being. So this sign of love, it can smell like a bouquet of flowers delivered to a bereaved neighbor you might not even know. Or other times it tastes to me like a potluck shared among my home group, even when it's hard enough to get there empty-handed. I in love in you. Three words that are the most beautiful and faithful that we can respond to the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. Just before this passage at the base of the mountain, Jesus addressed this unbelieving generation and their demand for a sign from heaven, first from a hungry crowd and then from the religious leaders. And despite all of these feedings, these healings, 
and all of the displays of the inbreaking of heaven, Jesus is intent on teaching these 12 what it means to be the Messiah. And they don't like what the resume entails. Jesus is teaching them that the Son of Man has to suffer and be rejected. He has to be killed and after three days rise from the dead. Jesus evenly, even publicly teaches his disciples with the crowd about the way of the cross, the way of love. If any wish to come after me, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and the sake of the gospel will save it. Eugene Peterson translates this event on the mountaintop as showing to us that this isn't pie in the sky, sweet by and by, a kingdom only to be enjoyed in some afterlife. The time is fulfilled, Mark tells us in chapter one of his gospel. The good news of the kingdom of God has come near. Repent, believe. It is a present and forevermore kingdom. It's such a dominant theme in Mark's gospel that we don't even have the Lord's prayer recorded. So plain. But when we pray it later together as a community of faith, I want us to hone in on these lines. Jesus' instruction to pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This foretaste of heaven isn't just for those three apostles. It is for us. So let's learn to pray on Bull Street as it is in heaven. So, you've probably gone there in your mind already, but what mountains have you been to? Those unexplainable times of joy, of connection, of hope. As a chaplain, these are those moments when I'm with patients, usually when we're alone, and they lean in and share or witness to the love that has transformed them. And they say, you won't believe me when I tell you this, or you're gonna think I'm crazy, but they confide in me anyways. Because some of us 21st century Americans, we still can't help but tell of what God has done in our lives. So we risk sharing. Those moments a moment in the middle of the country road when there's a Bible that appears in the roadway, a moment when you quit smoking even when you don't want to, an angelic messenger who shielded you during a car wreck that you should not have survived. As Christians, these moments often create the foundations of our faith. They empower us to continue believing, to continue hoping, and to continue talking and acting like Christians, even when the God math doesn't add up. Like during a season of acute grief, when we're asked to still speak a word of comfort, and we trust that with the Holy Spirit's help, we can pray, but more than pray, we can also have a body that holds hands, exchanges hugs, and cries tears. So when have you experienced the transforming power of God's love for you? Have you climbed the escalator from the LMC gift shop to labor and delivery to wait to see the delight of a newborn baby? 
Have you summited four years of high school or college and in your cynicism about walking the stage and moving the tassel, you were actually met with clarity about your future or a healthy sense of confidence for the next step that seems so blurry before? Have you made a pilgrimage to a holy place, a natural wonder that gave you awe and somehow, even for a fleeting moment, gave you peace? When we are on holy ground like Peter, in our fear we don't know what to say. So we speak sometimes, babbling, not knowing the words. But we should listen in on that divine conversation that's always taking place in our midst. So if you need to, take off your sandals. It's not bad like Peter to build a shelter, to mark that moment as holy. I've stood on that Mount Tabor, the supposed site of the transfiguration at the church of the transfiguration. And there is exactly what Peter wanted. One church with three chapels, one for Elijah, one for Moses, and the central one for Christ. It ain't bad. I'm not knocking it. We need those places. But for you in the afterglow of those holy moments, I would encourage you to be intentional to stop, to pay attention, to slow down and allow those senses to really sink down deep. I would suggest you journal about it or I would dare you, I double dog dare you, to risk sharing it to someone, anyone who will listen to you, even a stranger. So these mountaintop moments that we have traveled to in our minds together those are the places that remind us of Christ's abiding presence with us. They are the source of our Christian hope. And yes, he brought those disciples up the mountain, but he also insisted that they journey down the mountainside with them to a world that is hurting, to a boy possessed by a demon and a desperate father, to be precise. So, in the middle of Mark's gospel, we need to hear a retelling of the good news the good news to Jesus, to the disciples, and to us that we are the beloved of God because that is going to carry Christ and it will carry us through that moment down the hill when we face confusion, debates, sickness of many kinds, and we don't know what to say and barely know what to do. But those moments, if thought of often, can empower us to remember Christ's love for Peter, it was the love that he finally plainly said on the seaside of Galilee. Lord God, you know everything. You know I love you. We know that for Peter, he would face a very real cross at the end of his ministry. We might not, but we do have a cross to bear. And above all, it's a cross of being a loving, embodied human being. So join me, church. Join me this Lenten season in not just talking to fill the air and before hearing any other instructions for what our personal or collective future holds, we need to embrace that awkward silence and we need to slow down and be quick to listen to Jesus both his words and his actions. Lent is that opportunity for us. 
It's a season where we are intentional about navigating inevitable change in our lives. And we focus on how God's love will transform us, because it will. So church, don't be too ashamed or too afraid to say or show your faith, no matter you know how to now, but hopefully we can do it even better together in the future. Amen. Isn't this something good? Isn't this something? Isn't this something good? What's mine is yours. What's yours is mine. We got all we need. What's mine is yours. What's yours is mine. We got all we need. downtown church. Jesus loves you. It is good that we are here. And as you go down from this mountain, would you go in God's belovedness, signing your love to the world however you know best. Amen. If you feel compelled to support the church financially, 
You can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give.